Hello and welcome to Table Talks with Burr. Today we're here with Jasper, aka Overdose. And today we're talking about being an influencer. Do you consider yourself an influencer? Um, yeah, I do. I actually do consider myself an influencer. So when it comes to being an influencer, do you consider it or do people consider it for you? Um, I would say both because people do look that way and then I feel that way too because I feel like a lot of things that I do do um have an impact on a lot of people, like in terms of you know, things that I might wear, things that I might say, and so on. And for people who don't know, what do you do? So I am a entertainer. So I like to call myself a DJ. So I'm an entertainer, but I also, um, you know, promote a lot of things, promote and do parties and events and so forth as well. So all those are under the entertainment aspect. Would you consider yourself popular? Um, yeah, I consider myself popular, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And who gave you glow? Well, let's start with your DJ name. Who gave you overdose? My brother. My brother gave me that name. Um, when he was sitting in class, and he just was like, "Yo, this this guy like overdoses on music." So that's how I got the overdose name. And when you transitioned into being an entertainer instead of a DJ, is that where you dropped the DJ and was like, "Go overdose"? Well, um, it was kind of yeah. I mean, yeah. Then again, you could say that, but I kind of dropped the DJ aspect because I was like, "Yo." This overdose thing could go in any direction. Like it could go beyond DJing. Like I could go and write a book. I could go ahead and do merch. So it's like it's deeper than just being a DJ. And how do you live in the limelight? Um, that's it's tough because all eyes on you like all the time. So you have to be very aware and cognizant of who you're with, what you're doing, what they doing, and all of those things. Like you know, affiliation is key. Um, and just, you know, being mindful of the things that you do and you say. And when did you start living, like, in the limelight? Boy, probably, like, 13, honestly. Jeez. I want to say, because a lot of kids, like, at that time, like, during my age, it was, like, it was only me one really being, like, a teen DJ, per mm -hmm. se. So I had all that attention on me and the spotlight on me. So it was more like parents are looking at me and, like, yo, you know, my kids watch you and they, you know, they admire what you do. You, inspire them, you motivate them to, you know, pursue their dreams and pursue their goals. So it's like, I'm carrying like a lot of weight and a lot of people's like, you know, lives on my back <laughs> in a way because it's mm -hmm. like, people are influenced by what I'm doing, you know what I mean? And if I was to say, all right, well, you know, it's cool to drink at 13, people are gonna be like, okay, then let's drink, you <laughs> know what I mean? So it, it, those things are very important, you know, being responsible. Were you drinking at 13? Um, I don't think I was drinking. I think I might have had, might have tried probably alcohol, but I don't think I was drinking. I was never like person who was really like alcohol until I started like, I think like two years ago is when I really started drinking alcohol. Like to say you really started drinking alcohol. Wow. Yeah. Pandemic. Shout out to the pandemic. Stressfully. It was stressful. It was tough. That's when I put on a little pandemic wig, you know. <laughs> Them days. It could be happy way too, you know. Happy way is also a good, a good observation. Yeah, we could, we could go with happy way. Let's go with happy way. Uh, let me lock in that answer. Happy way. <laughs> so you said you started at 13. So at 13, you was a teen DJ. Mm -hmm. Let's first talk about when you first realized that you was like a cool kid. Um, my, I always thought I was a cool kid. Well, even in primary school, I thought I was a cool kid. Because I used to play ball. So I used to be, you know, on the court, shelling down the court. <laughs> um, shout out to anybody that know me before I was overdosed. And you just know me from playing ball. You know I used to cross you out. <laughs> So it's like, I was a cool kid from then because I was so cool on the court too. So, Were you yeah. good? Of course, I was very good. 
I, I was very good. I think I would have been, um, I think me and Kyrie would have been best friends right now. Oh, wow. Me and Kyrie would have been best friends because, you know, the whole situation that's going on with him with the shoes, I stand with him, you know what I mean, with the shoe aspect and, you know, Nike dropping him and so forth. We're not going to get into that. That's my best friend, though, like in another <laughs> world, you know. Me and Kyrie good. And how was it like, you 13, being a DJ, why your parents letting you stay up so late to be DJing at this party? So the crazy thing is my parents used to wait in the car for me. Like, my parents used to sit in the car and wait for me. The they'd, whole time? All the whole time. They'd take me to the event and be like, all right, go inside, play, and I was done. Just come straight back in the car. And so you had like a curfew, technically? Basically. Like, and it wasn't even more so like a curfew. It was like, I don't even know what to call it, but it was like, they was there. So it was like, <laughs> they just outside. You know what I mean? So... You know how people be like calling the the parents is coming and yeah. like call, they never did that to nah, you. Nah, they ain't never did that to me. I ain't gonna lie, they never did that to me. Shout out to my parents for never doing that to me. I ain't gonna lie, never ever. Cause you said over while you're in the car yet. Yeah, see, but then that was me. Like I never used to stay, so I that's how like a lot of people be like, yo, why you don't stay to parties? Like I grew up that way. Mm -hmm. Like that's the way I, I grew up. So it's like, why would I like want to really care to stay to the party? You know what I mean? Never my vibe really. So now you going from like, well. Back in the day, how did you, like, get your name? Was it, like, word of mouth? Because, you know, when you was 13, ain't nobody talking about Instagram. Or yeah, I at that time, Twitter was it. Oh. Twitter was lit. Like, Twitter was it. Like, shout out to dudes like Focus and Shiesty. Them dudes had online radios. Oh, I remember And that. I followed, like, the online radio trend. And when I started that, like, like I said, I was in my own lane. So it was, like, it was a good vibe. Like, that really propelled my career and, you know, promoted me and put me on a, on a level to where everybody was starting to hear about the name Overdose. And what was your lane? Um, I would want to say my, my lane was the, 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 the demographic that I was in because I was heavily like, like admired in the age category that I was in, like that demographic of 13, 14, 15 ish. Like when I was at that age, that's, that was my lane right there. Like the other dudes was a bit older. So yeah. You think you're still going to be cool if you was over Um, no, I ain't gonna lie. Cause... I mean, then again, I have personality, so I might have been ugly and cool. So I can be real. I have personality, so I might have been ugly and cool. No joke. Now that I think about it, yeah, I think I would have been ugly and cool. Do you think you still have a personality when you're trying to be like a certain way for the status you have? Um. Yeah. I I find that in this in this field, when you um at a certain at a certain level, or you might have a certain caliber that you that you in um you just have to stay true to yourself you know what i mean there's a lot of things you could just adjust and adapt to like environments or people but i would say like i would i would still be myself you know what i mean I, certain things i would just tone down certain things i would just change you know what i mean but i wouldn't really call it a change i would say adapt and adjust and do you think your friends from like before you was even when you was jasper mm -hmm. did they treat you any different now um you have some of them that would like as we call it in the Bahamas, like, you know, like, you got some people that, that just on that train of, and they don't actually, like, I'm not trying to say this in a way that they actually, you know, are interested in men. Oh. <laughs> it's just a liking mind. That's just a, a saying that we have in the Bahamas of people, they want be you. you know, just liking mind. You know what I'm saying? Like, but, yeah, I mean, you have some people like that, and then you have some people that just cool and just understand that, yeah, bro, like, you know, I'm glad to see you doing your thing from back then, you know what I mean? And you remain the same, you know what I mean? Because I, I do consider myself to say I, I've been the same, like, I want to say I've been the same since day one. And do you feel a lot of pressure since you're so young? Um, you yeah, now? I ain't gonna lie, because 
a lot of people like have high expectations for, for me. You know what I mean? And anybody who who who's being seen as a influencer or seen as somebody that's well known, like there's there's a lot of expectation for you. And being that you are an influencer, so you have to be on social media a lot. Mm-hmm. Do you think social media is real? Um, no, honestly, I'm gonna be so real. Social media is so fake. That's why I take breaks from social media. But social media is fake, bro. Like, fake. Do you be lying on social media? Nah, I wouldn't say I just be lying on social media. I ain't gonna lie. I don't lie on social media. I keep it a thousand because I feel like everybody knows somebody. Like, there's a lot of people that know me, like, and even on a personal level. So it's like, if I go there and put something out there, the masses may be like, all right, they don't know if it's true or not. But I know there's people out there that could pick and say yeah he he got it so yeah i feel you so let's talk about these wednesdays why did you pick wednesday let's start there wednesday was just one of the odd days out of the week that i felt like nothing was happening and then at that time like woman crushes was big like everybody used to have a woman crush you don't have a girls used to have a woman crush i do have a woman crush now of course most definitely i have a woman crush every wednesday you know the vibe <laughs> but um <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I just feel like Wednesdays was that day, like, that a lot of people, you know, was active. So I was like, you know, let me just try to take advantage of this. Create something different and something new and refreshing. So how do you keep it popular? Woman Crush Wednesday now, Tingham Them. Wait, why Tingham Them? So I ain't gonna lie. I just picked that name because I wanted something, like, locally, like, known. Like, because I, I initially started off with Woman Crush Wednesdays. And that just became, like, I felt like it was just, that brand was done with. Mm-hmm. It was time to revamp and, you know, and, and, and bring in a different and a brand new, fresh idea and vibe. So when I came up with Tingham Them, it was like, I didn't really have a name for it. So I was like, let me just think of something that people would just refer to an event as or refer to we going, like, here or whatever. So I just was like, Tingham Them, really and truly. And that's like a local saying that all of us say like when we don't know what we're talking about or who we're talking about that's true and you know i was impressed with the pajama party i can't believe all them people like how did you influence so many people to come outside their house in their pajamas i don't know i ain't gonna lie i'm still shocked at the fact that people was in pajamas because a lot of people was there in pajamas bro now that i think about it there's a lot of people in pajamas but i feel like we are so stuck in a trend that whatever's hot, we just paying attention to. Like, there's so many things that we miss out on, and we that um, we sometimes as promoters or entertainers neglect in terms of like themes and different trends and so forth when it comes to parties. So like, you could just be different. Like, you could have a regular event, but make that an irregular event by just doing something different. I feel like you're making events. I don't want to say because other people could be doing it too mm-hmm. but you're trying to make events more fun because you know people normally go to like parties to like stand up and mm-hmm. watch people but now you have people in what pajamas and mm-hmm. one cool and having fun I think that's the purpose of it I think it, it's time to really get back to the days that like when parties was actually fun like people wasn't on their phones like and I'm kind of sometimes I'm upset like I be in my feelings when people don't post me <laughs> like on Instagram like they're at the party People would be like, oh, what else is playing? Let me just record them and tag them on Instagram. Sometimes I feel away, but then I'm happy at the same time too because it's like you was living in the moment and you wasn't like worrying about like 
you know, let me just record this moment now. It's like, let me just live in this moment with the people I'm here with, you know, and just enjoy everybody's company. So I feel like that's the, that's, that's more important to me in a party for people um, um, to just come out and enjoy themselves. And where did you get the themes from for women? I mean, Tingham Dem Wednesday. So, honestly, like, I sit and I plan these events out, like, months in advance. So, like, with my Wednesdays that I do every Wednesday now in December, these were planned from, I want to say, October, like, early October. Because I had everything planned out, DJs, themes, names of the, fl- names of the events, all those kind of stuff. Because at the end of the day, it falls under the brand of Tingham Dem, but there's additions, there's themes, and so forth. So I just want everybody to just, you know, have something different to look forward to every single week, especially when you're doing it weekly. So now that you mentioned DJs, so when you're picking these DJs, because you know you're mm-hmm. a DJ, and you probably have like a million DJ friends, uh-huh. how do you pick your favorite DJ to DJ at your parties? Um, a lot of times, it's tough to pick DJs, because then people, people put and mix feelings into that. You know what I mean? And at the end of the day, I think... You have to look out for the brand, most importantly. But in the same sense, I feel like everybody deserves a fair opportunity to get that that uh, that, that chance or that shot to prove themselves. Because there's a lot of DJs that don't have that chance to prove themselves. And that's what the Wednesdays are actually for as well. Mm-hmm. So it's not really about me, because I do play like the last two hours of the party. But I do give everybody a fair chance. Like I have some guys that I DJ with who I'm way closer to than other DJs, but I still treat everybody fairly, everybody gets paid properly, everybody gets a, you know, a great slot, everybody gets promoted well on the event, so it's like, it's just giving everybody an opportunity, and that's really what it is, you know what I mean? And do you do, like, do you mentor younger DJs? Um, you know, in a sense, so yes, I know, I would say, not directly, but indirectly, I, I do probably, and I give it, like, advice to other oh. DJs and so forth. So I would say, yes, I do, but not directly to say this is somebody that I'm mentoring. And how do you handle all the pressure? Like, I know planning all these stuff and, you know, when you're on your world tours, it's probably stressful to, like, even balance life. Mm-hmm. So how do you do that? Um, I would say I just sometimes take time out and just, you know, do some normal stuff. Watch YouTube, Netflix, play video games, you know, do go to the bowling alley, do some different stuff. Like, just try to, like, you know bring it down to some normalcy because you can't always be on a high all the time. Mm-hmm. You can't always, you know, overwork yourself because then you're not going to have any time to, like, really think about other things or, you know, you still have a normal life to live because we're still humans at the end of the day. Despite our personas, we still have to be who we were paid to be, and that is just human. So I feel like there's a lot of times that people don't, you know, take advantage of the opportunities that present themselves when you have a break. Just take a break. You know, even though this is kind of hypocritical of me saying, but I mean, yeah, <laughs> you know, so I'm trying to learn it too in the process. I'm learning it as well. So, you know. So you probably have a great support system. Mm-hmm. Has it changed, like, your view on people? Uh, Has the fame progressed? Nah, I mean, my, my, I, I, I'm thankful for, you know, family that support me, friends that support me, even strangers that I don't know, like, around the world that support me, you know. So I appreciate all of that. And I don't feel like, I feel like you're going to have people that's going to switch up. You're going to have some people that, you know, not always going to like you. And it's okay. You know what I mean? You can't really focus on who's not going to like you or, you know, and for what reason, you know. Sometimes I go to parties and people be like, yo, I've never, I don't even know who he was. Like, I have no idea who he were. Like, but now I do. 
you have some people that say, yo, you're not my favorite, bro. And I just didn't get a hate. <laughs> and it, that's reality. And it just mm-hmm. it is what it is. You can't really be in your feelings. So at the end of the day, it's just like, for me, I look at that as like, yo, I'm not worried, but then I'm worried because I want to I wanna make sure that, you know, we change this perspective of yours. So so to say that I have a good, strong following and support system, yes, I do. And I saw you posted it the other day. It's just like being grateful for life and mm-hmm. stuff. How do you be grateful without being cocky? Um, that's a great question. I ain't gonna lie because sometimes when you talk about your achievements and you just you you want to give yourself that recognition and you want to congratulate yourself, some people can look at it as being cocky. So for me, I'm not really too worried about how people view that because at the end of the day, that's a personal choice. You know what I mean? And how I perceive it. Um, sorry, and how people perceive it shouldn't be important to you because of the fact that your beliefs is your beliefs, your faith is your faith, mm-hmm. and how you show appreciation is how you show appreciation. So I want to say that I just sit there and I would just, you know, drop a little uh, a little paragraph or a little message to say, you know, I'm thankful for the opportunities. I'm thankful for all the, you know, the, the places that I've been, the people that I've met, the things that I've uh, accomplished, the things that I have, you know what I mean? And I'm not going to do it in a way, because I do think deeply when it comes to those things. So sometimes I wouldn't, like, necessarily say, thank God I've been to London this weekend. I would just be like, thank God for the opportunities. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say, thank God I've been this place and that place, or thank God I met this person that person. I will just say, thank the, thank the Lord for, like, you know, the networking opportunities. And that's it, you know what I mean? Because in a way, you do care about how people mm-hmm. perceive you, but then you shouldn't care because how you show appreciation and, you know, and be grateful is all up to you, so... So this question is going to be a little deep, mm-hmm. and then we can come back to the light part. Okay. So with all these experiences and opportunities that you have mm-hmm. and your branding, do you feel pressure to feel happy all the time? Um, yeah, no joke. I do feel like I'm pressured to be happy because somebody told me this, and this was like one of the biggest things somebody probably could have told me like in the entertainment business, is that... I had a rough night one night because I traveled from somewhere to go play somewhere else. And right after I landed, I went straight to the event. And I was like playing, but I was so tired. I was out of it. And I think I played really bad, in my opinion. And, you know, I was explaining that to him because he's another DJ who's a promoter. And I'm explaining that to him. And he's like, yo, to be honest, bro, that ain't got nothing to do with nobody that came in here, bro. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, it's like when you step in here in a club or in an event when you step in here in a club or an event you just gotta be you and you just gotta put all away everything you could have been in an accident somebody could have passed away close mm-hmm. to you if that's the case don't show up mm-hmm. you see what I'm saying so I say that to say there's a lot that we have to do as entertainers to make everybody else have a good time so what we going through personally don't have nothing to do with y'all because y'all came out to have a good time mm-hmm. so for us we just have to brush it off, put a smile on our face, and just be in a different zone. And then when we're done, we can go back to reality and be sad and be depressed or however we might, not depressed, we don't say that, but sad and upset about whatever it is, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, it, it, it is tough because you have to, like, fake it sometimes, you know what I mean? But you're an influencer. You're on, you're on social media influencing people. Why you don't post that you're sad so everyone else can feel like they could be sad too? I mean, you do have a point with that, but then it's... It's kind of sacred and private sometimes when you go through things because you don't want people to like be 
you know, worried or you don't want people to, you know, kind of pray against whatever it is that you're going through. So there's a lot of things that you have to be mindful of, like when you post it, and you have to be like strong in your belief and your faith when it comes to these things too, as well. Are you scared to share your feelings? No, I ain't scared. No, I ain't scared to share my feelings. Not no. even sure. Okay, uh-uh. let's talk about fun stuff. Okay. <laughs> what is somewhere you got booked and you're like, wow, they want me? London. Really? Yep. London. Um, why is that? Yo, London was one of my favorite places. It was like one of my favorite places to go. And because it's like, it was far. Like, that was the first place I ever went that was really, really like... Didn't you go to Spain or something? But yeah, but I was like, London was first before that. So, but I went to Spain. Yeah, I went to Spain like twice. But um, London was like that because I was like 19. Mm-hmm. I was 19 when I first went to Spain. I mean, sorry, to London. And I was like, yo, I sat there the entire plane ride and looked out the window. I was like, I can't <laughs> believe I'm going to London, bro. I was like, yo, I'm going to London. So, yeah, it was that for me. And do you have any embarrassing moments? Embarrassing moments? Um, Yeah, I have quite a few. Like, one time I walked in a party and I fall straight in the pool. <laughs> like, no joke. Like, I didn't even see the pool. I was hailing everybody, yo, what's up? And boom, fall straight in the pool. And I was like, damn, son. Did you have to go home and change? Nah, bro. I just was like, yo, I just gonna play just like this. <laughs> like, I just was like, forget it, bro. I gonna play just like this. But it was a good thing I was wearing some short shorts, though, so my pants didn't get wet. Oh. You know what I'm saying? So my shoes and my socks did, but other than that, nothing else didn't get wet. And in primary school, you know when people used to leave class early and stuff? Mm-hmm. And we used to have, like, fun day and stuff? Mm-hmm. You used to have one of those people who maybe had to, like, leave class to go play at one fun day? Um, nah, not in primary school. Oh, high school, sorry. Um, high school, yeah. So, for me, I was fortunate enough to be um in a homeschool curriculum, so... I would leave a lot of, like, I wouldn't go to school some days because I had to work. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I wouldn't do no schoolwork some days and go to work. Was your school, like, extended because of all of these absences? Nah, it wasn't extended because I made up for the work, actually. So, I actually was doing a lot of work. Like, I skipped a grade and everything. Oh. Yeah, because I was doing, I was putting in a lot of work. Because my peers, or people I considered to be, like, my friends or whatever the case was, was older than me. So I was like, yo, I ain't gonna lie, I'm the only person in school, this ain't work. So I was like, yo, I need to get out of school. And that's what ended up happening. And I was like, yo, I need to get out. Educated those facts. You need to really get into that book writing. Yeah. So now that we talked about, you know, you being homeschooled and all of that, mm-hmm. let's talk about when you was in real school. How was being Jasper well, in a big school? My homeschool curriculum was not a real school, everybody. She just said that. <laughs> Okay, I mean like a structured school, like where you abstinences get you suspended. Definitely, it's just happened. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I attended uh St. Thomas for as a as a as a kid. You know what I mean? I was about, I did um, sorry, I did uh kindergarten there, and I went straight up to sixth grade. You know, and between sixth and seventh, with me transitioning from there to um high school, which was SOC for like one year. That's when I, like, really discovered when I wanted to be a DJ, like, around that time. And that's when I started to, like, you know, teach myself the the, the craft, you know, got introduced to the software. And that's where, you know, my career started. You know, I started there and then went to SOC for one year. You know, my interest wasn't too much in school. So, you know, I went to somewhere where I could, you know, focus on both school and my career. And from there, you know, everything just was amazing. 
So how is it like sitting in class and you like just trying to learn? And people be like, oh my goodness, over those as you? Nah, I ain't gonna lie. That's why I had to move from traditional <laughs> school because people used to be like, I ain't gonna lie. You had the radio lit this weekend, and I was like, bro, you look vibe already. Let's talk about the radio. I was really impressed by your little COVID. Ra- Wait, before we even get in the radio, let's talk about who, what, like, who encouraged you to even get into DJing? Like, who helped, like show your tricks and uh you know your real riders well not real riders but you know well i mean i was like self-taught so like really and truly i got introduced to like the software and the art of djing through my uncle um on my dad i mean on my mom's side um and then the software was through my dad friend um who who, who he like i think i want to say he grew up with or you know just was a friend or whatever mm-hmm. so from there that's when I got introduced to everything, and you know, it was it was just something I fell in love with right in there. Yep, I remember the era when you when Scully used to be a DJ, and then them Don Naivad. Big um, on my boy Scully. I used to bring the DJ mixer, and Scully used to bring the speakers. We did our first um, event, which would have been a a one. What was it? It was a jewelry showcase. And I think like we played like three hours, and the bill was like one. No, it was one fifty. Yeah, we got paid one fifty. And I remember he giving me the eighty dollars because we couldn't find like the five dollars change. Mm-hmm. Seventy five, seventy five. So he gave me eighty, and he took seventy. I remember that. I'll never forget that. And you know, we 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 was we was very close. You know what I mean? We still close because. We just took different paths. Like, I just pursued DJ, and then he went to sound engineering, and now he's one of the top sound engineers in the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. You know, so shout out my boy for doing his thing. You know, but yeah, we started off together, and that was, that was amazing. Like, we was, we was them guys, you know, and then shout out to my boys, Dante and Ivar. They was doing their things in the, in the party scene, so, you know, they always would book me, you know, and we would always work together and, and, and do events and, you know, give people a, a, an experience in our age category and our demographic at that time. You feel like all of that helped with like growing your name? I yeah, I do agree. I agree. Like everybody that 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 was around played a a, a vital in, a role in helping me um brand myself when it comes to pushing my name out there and getting people to know the overdose brand. And I stopped it earlier, but the radio edition during COVID, mm-hmm. how was that? You had people even jumping on Facebook about Facts. that radio. Yeah, so that was that was something I did not intend to be big at all. Like, I just was doing it because I would have been bored. And you had, like, sponsors and everything. I, I was running it like a real radio station. I had sponsors, I had ads, I had businesses that, you know, just wanted to be a part of it, you know. Um, I also brought on other local DJs, you know, international DJs, because it, 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 it went viral. Like, it went all around the world. So, you know, we were averaging, like, 40,000 listeners a night. You know, and things like that. Like the first night, we had like forty thousand listeners. And from there, we doubled the uh, the next night. And from there, it just was like constant. You know, high numbers, good energy. You know, different people, and it just became something. You know, people depended on during the pandemic. You know, to get them through like hard times. So I I did like you know, um, normal shows with music and vibes and then sponsors came about and I did a, a gospel gospel segment which would have been Sundays like a church service kind of vibe I brought mm-hmm. pastors on so I did all those things just to you know encourage people and give them you know some hope and some motivation so how would you encourage people today to like 
ex- like be not be afraid to make their own path or like do something they're passionate about. Um, really and truly, it's just more so. You know, don't 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 go the traditional way. You know what I mean? Like if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. But you know, it's very important to to explain and vocalize, um, uh, be vocal about the things that you want to do and you want to be in life because you don't want to go down a path doing something that you're unhappy doing. You know what I mean for the rest of your life. So. It's important to have that conversation with your parents too. You know what I mean? Even if I know it's easier said than done because a lot of people don't, you know, feel like their parents listen to them uh on that level, but I think it's it, it's good to still have somebody, you know, to 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 talk to, you know what I mean, whether it be your parents or some family members or something, but you know, somebody to encourage you to keep going after your dreams, you know what I mean? So, it's important to find out what you're passionate about. And and pursue that rather than trying to go the traditional route and just say, oh, uh, well, my mom's a doctor, my dad's a lawyer. Let me just be I someone. Like you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Let me just be something along that line. So, at the end of the day, it's just picking something that you know makes you happy. At the end of the day, and of course, it's gonna be financially a blessing. And to end today, what is it about? Actually, let me rephrase it. Why do you feel so deeply rooted to like bring the Bahamas with you wherever you go? Um, because a lot of people don't really know like information about the Bahamas. Some people don't know where the Bahamas is, what the Bahamas is, you know, like how it looks, you know, what language we speak. So it's like it's it's very crucial because it's a small place that isn't recognized around the world or on a global stage. So I would say that it's very important to me to bring that culture alive and whether it is through me playing like other music but giving like letting people know like yo i'm from the bahamas so now people would know like okay the bahamas has some talented people you know let's go down there and let's see what's up or even if it's just a reminder to say like yo i'm in a party somebody heard that yo he's from the bahamas oh bahamas is somewhere i wanted to go on vacation so those things go a long way like just mentioning the bahamas you know, we were never in that conversation when it even comes to the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Me playing to a lot of um, carnivals, nobody was really, like, shouting out the Bahamas. Everybody was shouting out, you know, Jamaica, Haiti, Trinidad, and the list goes on. But Bahamas was nowhere in that. So it was like, now we up there. You know what I mean? I feel like I've done a good job to get us there. Um, and I'm not going to say it was solely me. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of there's other um, individuals that, you know, got us there as well, you know, but... I want to say I do play a role in that, and I'm grateful to have that, you know, that 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 chance to do that. So people be stopping you to take pictures now. Yep, took some pictures last night. I'm on Wednesday. Do you post them? I do post them. I repost them. Sorry, I do repost them. I repost all. That's good. Especially if I look back. <laughs> the fans love the love. And we love the love, cause love is love, and love is awesome. And love is great. And love is blind. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. Once yeah, again. My dog, my dead dog. Dog. Thank you so much. Peace out. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Get it. Get the outro. Get the outro. Get the outro. Thank you for coming. Once again, we have Jasper, aka Overdose. And here ends. And. Burr.